Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi, everyone. Dave, uh, we have a, a packed agenda ahead of us today. Um, it is it is Yojo June, uh, it is. and uh, and we have two returning guests uh, that I'm just realizing have never been on the show together. No, 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 haven't. not in this capacity. They haven't. Um, since we have so much to 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 cover, not at the same time. They've both been on. Yes, uh, I. Far beyond not burying the lead, we are, we are going to jump right in. Uh, as as I, I just mentioned, it's Yojo June. There's a lot of G.I. Joe news to talk about, so we are joined by returning guests, friends of the pod, uh, Emily and Lenny from Hasbro's G.I. Joe team. Guys, welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Thanks, thanks for, for having that. us. Yeah. I'm my James. mind is kind of blown that we really haven't been on this show at the same time before. Well, no. if you count like the round table segments uh, that yeah. we've aired, yeah. like we've huh. done a couple of those, but like we haven't done like a proper episode mm-hmm. with the two yeah. of you together. And we haven't talked each for a very long time. I think maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. It's 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 been a while. It's I think yeah. Emily, Emily, yeah, you were the last one on at Zapcon, which is like, yeah, Zapcon was kind of on a year, yeah, yep. our, our very first yeah. live show. Um, which which speaking of, it's it's been a it's been a long time since you know you guys have been on Emily since the last time you were here. Your role has changed at Hasbro. So before before we jump straight into the GI Joe stuff, tell us a little bit about your your recent promotion. Oh, thanks. Technically, it was lateral, but I appreciate the term promotion. Um. So <laughs> I know semantics. Um, so I am on kind of a new team at Hasbro that is our, our new consumer marketing team. So we're kind of splitting out how we're handling marketing now. There were marketers were doing so many things across all of their brands. And so the hope is that we'll be able to do kind of a little bit more of a comprehensive marketing. So I am now the, the fan marketer for our non-Disney brands which is basically a catch-all for anything that is not a, a Disney brand. So I think I am I'm on seven brands right now. Not all of them have product in the market right now. Some of them are coming. Some of them are kind of phasing out. But it's been really cool to get to work with a lot of different teams and try some new things. And I miss seeing Lenny every day and getting to work on the development side of things. But it's been a really fun challenge. We're having a good time. Plus, you get Jeez. to go play with Power Rangers again, right? It's mm-hmm. true. I get to play with Power Rangers. I'm learning about Transformers, kind of getting to to play around, keep playing around with Dungeons and Dragons and GI Joe. And I have that one Magic Gathering item I've been working on and starting lineup. So I've been having fun. 
I've been learning a lot. Oh, and Ghostbusters. We're just talking. I'm in the middle of my first watch through of all the Ghostbusters movies, which I think I really needed to start watching about 20 years ago to appreciate them the way that everybody else on this podcast right now appreciates them. But I'm going to get there. Emily, I will say this as much as I do miss you. Your talents are very well served to all the other teams, I must say. Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, we are, we're having my, my big challenge right now is we're getting ready for San Diego comic-con and trying to kind of figure out how to plus up our experience this year and really make it more of a, an immersive must not miss experience for fans. So people will have to stay tuned to see what that is like at San Diego this year. Awesome. I mean, last year you guys recreated a tavern from uh, Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons, so we're, yeah, we're bar's pretty that high. This year. That <laughs> was. I would just like to very much clarify that was Paramount and Paramount's money that paid for that tavern execution, and it was it was absolutely beautiful. I I went on preview night. It was so cool, and it was so much fun to get to see. And then there's modular versions of the tavern experience that actually traveled to other comic cons around the world. So it was really cool when I was at other events to see like little baby versions of the tavern. Um, but it's been great. Lenny and I are both going to be there this year. We're going to talk GI Joe. We'll have some more people there with us and we'll have a good time. Awesome. So, you know, June of course means that it is yo Joe June. Yo and Joe. you both exactly. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so tired. Um, it's no almost worries. like you did that like as as mm-hmm. as uh as reactionary as breathing. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it, yeah. Well, and we're Lenny and I are now very good at doing very synchronized either yojos or cobras because we've trained ourselves after fan streams, which is nice. Mm-hmm. You should have seen in the last Power Rangers fan stream we did. It was John and Jarrett and myself and there was um when we were when we were kind of talking through 30th anniversary, we we did the it's morphin time like actual morphing sequence with our hands, and you should have seen the number of times a that we had to practice all the hand motions and b trying to get synchronized enough where we didn't look like idiots on camera. It was truly a magical experience. <laughs> well, young Joe rose off the tongue. So. It does. Yeah, it's yeah. morphin time. That's yeah. a commi- there's more of a commitment to that. Yeah. And there's, like, there's it's like a three step hand movement that you have to mm-hmm. do, and your fingers do things, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yo Joe is like a whammy bar and a guitar, mm-hmm. and then it's morphin time is like a drum fill. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? oh, I'm that's saying nice. so. Yeah, wise. So it's like there you go. And I'm not sure that it's morphin time translates as well as our emotional theory of yo-jo that you can do a yo-jo for any emotional tone in any situation. Yo, my favorite is yeah, always bad yo-jo is the best. Or like, oh no, my team lead has gone into a coma in an animated movie. Yo-jo. <laughs> She's been talking about this scene ever since we saw it in the theater. <laughs> it obviously made quite the impression on when me. When Hawk goes. Yo, Joe. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. First of all, it's incredible. Second of all, the fact that she couldn't get over it, it was it was amazing. I kept I was just cracking up because she was cracking up about it. We did it for like two weeks at work. It was uh, amazing. Literally every situation that we could insert a yo Joe in, we did, and then we added it to our mental catalog of different like 
intonations of saying yo joe like yo joe i love that that's the thing you walked away from from that movie and not the unsubstantiated fantasy (laughs) that's 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 my favorite saying for weeks after what it aired you were saying it oh everywhere i could everywhere i could (laughs) i feel like that's less applicable in a wide range of situations though like how how many times you get to throw that out in something the amount There's of really uh, only one place for it. <laughs> the amount of uh, uh, I guess phrases or quotes from G.I. Joe are incredible. And we were making team shirts, and I was I was asking Emily to put on uh, what is that? He says um, premature panic is a sign of an immature mind, and I'm like, I want that on a shirt. Can you put that on a shirt? It didn't fit. I think it was That's too big for that. It was yeah. a lot. It was so it big. Great. <laughs> I will. I'll figure out how to get that under a shirt for you. We as a spoiler alert. When we are doing fan streams and we don't have corresponding fan merch up on Pulse yet, I actually make the shirts that Letty and I wear on the show. Um, usually at two a.m. the morning before <laughs> the show is actually happening. Um, so I have I have a stash of shirts in both of our sizes in black, and I use my Cricut. And I they are official, technically officially licensed GI Joe merchandise because they're like official logos, but it's also like kind of bootleg merch. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think it's fun. Kind of- but literally Emily made them on a cricket. So perfect. <laughs> it's my cricket's basically a work expense at this point. We used it. I got it for Comic-Con actually, when we were doing all of our, his tank lab coats. She also um, by me. Yeah. <laughs> and Lenny actually bartered with one of them and traded it to some guy at Comic-Con. And we got yeah, this huge stash of enamel pins from it. It was awesome. Way to go. Lenny. <laughs> Not bad. Well, speaking of Yojo June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen some pre-orders. We've seen some renders. Mm-hmm. Um, the story aspect is is very critical in how these characters find their way into the line. Um, so why was now the right time to bring the Arctic Bat and the uh, Televiper with Trouble Bubble into the line? Um, I'd say let's talk. I think speak to the Arctic Bat first. Like Snowjob needs some fodder, right? So I think we also want to start getting into like different environments because G.I. Joe is so much about that back in the day and has always been about that through all its iterations. So um, it's just fun to get into all the different sort of environments that we can do and like terrains that GI Joe's are going through because, you know, wherever there's trouble, GI Joe's there. So with having snow job, we had to get snow job into line. We needed to get some fodder for snow job. So that's where the Arctic bats came from. Um, And then the trouble bubbles, we had to make trouble bubbles. We need an air threat. Right. So trouble bubbles are so iconic to Cobra that we need to get them in there. They're also kind of ridiculous. And uh, um, I mean, the trouble bubbles we made, just like the old school ones, took out three sky strikers. So <laughs> which I, I think is the most ridiculous thing in the world. And I love every bit of. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we needed to get that kind of troop builder um, Cobra vehicle in there. That was just so iconic to the line, you know. And I think that it's also, you know. Lenny and the entire team are so careful about kind of walking that fine line between, okay, what is a very cool modern version of this? And how do we stay kind of true to the absolutely ludicrous roots of GI Joe? And that to me, both the Arctic bats and the trouble bubble kind of walk that line really nicely, combining some of the more ridiculous aspects of the show, but bringing them into a way that makes them feel really modern and fresh. And like they could really exist in a wide variety of different places. Yeah. And I think the overly sci-fi or the, that time of sci-fi that the, 
the, the bubbles came out. I don't think when we looked at it, we actually did a couple of different designs for them. We were going to go a little more um, kind of like production movie style with them and get a little more encapsulated. Um, but the more we looked at it, it's such an iconic vehicle. It's kind of like the His Tank or like like the Rattler or something like that. You don't want to mess with it too much. Um, if you do look at them, there's a lot of like bells and whistles and like switches and like telemetry gauges and stuff like that inside of them. Um, but again, they were so iconic. Didn't want to mess with them too much. We had fun making other designs for it. But at the end of the day, it was like sometimes certain things are sacred, like Tomax and Zaymont, they were sacred. Like you can't really mess with them. We may in the future do other versions of them, which would be super exciting to do, but it wasn't time for that yet. So we were like, let's go with the old school. It's sci-fi enough where like that could have been developed now. It could have been developed 30 years ago. It could be developed 40 years from now that it felt like it made sense with the classified line. So in that same vein of kind of paying homage to, you know, the, the roots and, and, you know, kind of putting that, what's, what's what really the community kind of calls like the classified spin, right? Like that's part mm -hmm. of the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the process now with these, these one twelve scale figures, yeah. um, the Ar Arctic back bat in particular comes with a pretty unique loadout. Uh, what went into deciding, you know, what he would come with, you know, again, you know, that vein of paying homage and, and doing something different at the same time. Uh, I think at the time, I forget what movie I was watching, but like there was like sentries set up in like a mountain. And I had been thinking like, if we're going to do an Arctic bat or an Arctic type unit, they're not going to be the most nimble or mobile like they're not going to be able to like run through the trees granted yeah they're robots and stuff but the snow gets pretty heavy so i was thinking that they are snipers first and foremost and then they're bats so close combat is they can do that as well um but i had this idea that like they would use like this crazy kitted out altered like sniper rifle and they would need uh like a, they would need a chainsaw for the elements they were in right so the chainsaw would help them like create um like a like a like a spot to shoot from or to create cover to kind of like build with the with the ice and the snow and the permafrost or cut down a tree to like set up a barracks or something like that or make shiv um a make shiv kind of like uh like barrier or something like that so they needed tools so they can deal with the environment that they are in um and then you also notice on this on the swappable head i added like kind of like a like a like a polarized kind of mask because like all the gizmos inside didn't want them to get all messed up by the sun glare so we were kind of playing around with like what would they need and it's kind of part of the classified thing like on the trouble bubble we had a lot of like rivets and stuff like that like like we looked at like jets and like how they were riveted together um so that's again that's that classified spin it's like how do you uh pay respect to the old but update it um and then sometimes how do you just completely flip it on top of itself and do something brand new? But it's always like it's always got the beat or the essence of what it was. So when you squint at it, it passes a squint test, but it, it it tells a full story of what it's supposed to do. I feel a good character design um, tells you what they do, but doesn't overly hit you over the head. You know what I mean? It's like you can like get there as you study the toy or study the character on the TV show. Like they tell a story. And then it unfolds with the more and more you hear about it or the more you play with it, you kind of get more out of it. So, um, yeah. So basically they're in a harsh terrain and they need harsh tools like crazy sci-fi sniper rifles and chainsaw hands. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, 
it's great hearing you talk about it because it's almost like, and you know, not to compare you to like a, a one of the toys that you made, but like it's almost like you have to put like a mind bender hat on, and it's like, what <laughs> yes. would, what for like, <laughs> there's, there's it's a twofold question. What would my, what would uh, mind bender and Destro like pragmatically yeah. want to include with this character, and what's Cobra Commander demanding that yes. <laughs> they include? So it's like the sharks with lasers, sort of. Yes, situation. <laughs> lasers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah, and it's like you want it ridiculous, right? It should be ridiculous, and whenever I say ridiculous, it's like it means awesome. That's my kind of term. But like, uh, you want it ridiculous, but then the the the, pra- the practical of it like adding pouches and stuff like that that actually have straps that actually have rivets to hold it on it kind of like it takes your mind there and makes it more real even though he has a chainsaw hand and a futuristic sniper rifle (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah it's that great kind of if this were something you'd come upon what would he need yeah it could work that's the idea it could work but it's like it's crazy like um the croc master we gave him a hook so he needs a hook he's got to hold fiona's mouth open originally croc master was going to come with <laughs> i had it on the board and everything i presented it to the team came it came with a giant cow thigh oh. that you could feed fiona <laughs> i never saw that <laughs> That's right. before you joined emily it was and i was like yeah we're gonna make it like bloody it's gonna be awesome um, but we costed it out because it was a really big piece of material and the pricing was getting a little high. But like, again, like thinking about what the character would need and he needs the cow hook to, I mean, the, the, the meat hook to then get the piece of the cow to feed to the crocodile. He also uses to open the, car- the crocodile's mouth or fight GI Joes. Um, so it's like kind of playing around with that stuff to see how the world can expand itself almost like naturally and serendipitously a little bit. Like, what does a character lend that we can add to and embellish to make this G.I. Joe character a little more crazy? Now, of course, the marquee news is yet another massive HasLab success. Um, the Dragonfly was funded in just over 24 hours. 26 Correct. hours, 23 minutes. If we're 26 out. hours, 23 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, congratulations, of course. <laughs> um, how Thank did you, you land it. on the iconic chopper as the next project get to the chopper. part of it is is continuing that storytelling for us and we knew that we we wanted to do to follow up the hiss we didn't want to do another cobra vehicle we wanted to do a joe vehicle and trying to figure out kind of where it makes sense made sense from a storytelling perspective and i mean one of the big limitations around Haslabs is what is feasible to move from three and three quarter inch scale to six inch scale what is what is pushing the limits of shelf space availability and practicality for houses. And I mean, you really want a rolling thunder and six inch scale. Um, I mean, you, you do, but your house doesn't (laughs) want it in six inch scale. Um, It's like whenever somebody's like, you're going to do a a USS flag in six inch scale. And we're like, yeah, it'd be like 20 feet long. And like, I could stand in it pretty easily. If it was a true one eighth, one twelfth scale, flag it would be 80 feet long Jeez. oh yeah, 112th scale but if it was the flag grown it'd probably be about 25 feet long yeah which <laughs> which is code for we're not doing it yeah but Actually, I, so, it would come with divorce papers <laughs> either that <laughs> or included in the package either that or um, a uh, a mortgage yes oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. but so, it comes so, with an addition <laughs> 
so these are kind of the parameters that we're working with. So that kind of automatically kind of moves a lot of vehicles off of our list of things that are that are feasible because we want to make sure that we're making things that are affordable for fans that you, I mean, they're, they're, they're on the more expensive end of toys, but we're not going to put out like a $2,000 HasLab for you to buy. We actually want people to be able to enjoy these things. And so kind of looking in these parameters, we, we talk through story beats and kind of figure out what makes sense and what we think people would be the most excited about and what would be something that is uniquely and identifiably G.I. Joe. To, to us, that's something that's really important for our HasLabs is we don't want you to be able to like go out on Amazon and buy something that looks like this from another retailer. Like what is it that makes ours special that is mm-hmm. something that you can't get anywhere else? And I feel like we kind of nailed it with the Dragonfly. Yeah, it's so it's so iconic to the brand too, especially with Wild Bill, right? Like it's like, it's literally two iconic characters in one, right? The vehicle's a character as well, right? So it's like, it just kind of made sense. Um, there was a lot of other options we had been looking at, some really cool stuff, but it just felt like you, you got to cover the basics in a little bit. Not to call it basic, but it, it's kind of like a, it's one of the, it's, it's very important to the line. So we needed to get it out there. And I think in the upfront brand, the, the line is young. So what are we, three years old? Maybe. God, yeah. Right. Right. yeah this podcast launched like right before classified did at toy fair yeah so 2020 toy yep. fair because that it, was 2020 uh, and yeah. then until 21 right so yep um yeah so again like it's the beginning it's exciting like i get the i have the privilege of working with dwight and a lot of the guys have worked on like black series and stuff like that and like uh you know legends is 15 years old older because of toy biz days right so it's yeah. like just ch- i was chit-chatting with him the other day and i was like wow you guys are 15 years in on the hasbro side like it's incredible and i think about it, I'm like oh i'm we're only three years in like we got we got a we got a lot to cover <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's really exciting to think about uh, and it was also humbling to be like oh wow those guys are deep in their lines it's awesome um and then like it's like we uh we're like the little brother you know what I mean? Like, hey, we, you know what though? The uh, Co- Cosmo, the uh, the space dog, uh, he's awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome figure. But uh, would yeah. would not exist in that form without without a, a certain uh, a certain companion to Snake Eyes. Uh, Timber, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cosmo's awesome, and uh, that's crazy to think about. I, it's weird because again, we're the little brother brand, um, figuratively from a design standpoint. Um, Actually, we're the older brother brand. If you think about it, so yeah, just for tax figure line. <laughs> yeah, you just um, went away to college for a long time. <laughs> came back. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm back, and I'm taller now. Have my room back. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that it's been one of the things that's been really fun for us is as the line is starting to mature is figuring out kind of what we get to do next and expanding into different offerings and. Maybe you're going to start seeing some not quite as small, a little bit larger, but not HasLab scale vehicles coming down the line. And we really want to make sure that we are, we're continuing those storytelling elements now that we have covered like the real basic bases up front to mm-hmm. kind of continue that, that story expansion. Cause that is just so vital to how we view the brand is that especially we are we are creating our own story on classified, but while still honoring the roots of 
this wonderful franchise. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's a lot that uh, John, my boss, we talk about a lot. And it's like, we want to honor the past, but we also want to push the brand forward. Right. So it's like, I actually think it would kind of be a disservice just to like reiterate it and not update it. Right. Because we've all had those figures in multiple iterations or different scales. So it's kind of like, what, how can we, how can Hasbro shepherd the G.I. Joe brand and bring it forward? At the same time, you can still pay respect to what we've done before and also do things that are, in a way, re, re, larger recreations. It doesn't have to be all in one way or the other, which is really cool about toys in general, right? Like you can, you can do replicas, you can do new storytelling stuff. It's just a matter of where we place them and how we tell that story and how it develops. So along those lines, uh, you know, clearly there's a lot in the base offering of of the Dragonfly that pays tribute to that that original 1983 release, like you know the inclusion of Wild Bill, which which we talked about, um, balanced with some modern, distinctively classified touches. Uh, mm-hmm. What were some of the most important aspects of the Dragon Dragonfly to hit for for you from a design standpoint? So the the Dragonfly is very iconic. I actually, uh, I have my old school one sitting on the table right over there. And, um, we talked about updating the body a lot. So just so you guys know, Mark is our designer on the vehicles for the Haslabs. Um, he does a phenomenal job, but we work very closely with Mark to kind of like make sure that we're still on brand and on the, on the Haslab vehicles. I do the mainline vehicles, but Mark does the Haslab vehicles. So my job is more like a licensor on those. Um, but I think we had some other designs that we were exploring because you never want to go in and be like, this is what we're doing and that's how it's going to be handled. And that's it. You want to explore, get other sketches going and stuff like that. We had seen other sketches that were a little more, some a little more, um, how should I describe it? Uh, softer others that were more sci-fi others that were a little more modern, a little more modern. Yeah. Um, and then where we netted out was kind of a modern take, but with some of the edging out that the original one had, like the cockpit. So for me in particular, I really wanted to make sure that cockpit had that kind of like rectangular shape to it on top. Um, in some iterations, it was getting too round and bubbly, and it was just losing the feel of what it needed to look like. So for me, I needed it to have an angled out aggressiveness to it. But at the same time, from a modernization standpoint, it needs to have some of those modernization aerodynamic features that, it, that as you see in the iteration that it is today. Um, we also wanted to kind of like plus it up with some of the armaments. We wanted to add a lot more armaments to it. Um, I love the idea of being able to take a vehicle or a character. If you notice in G.I. Joe's, a lot of the parts are modular. Mm-hmm. Um, want to be able to do that on the vehicles as well, because uh, how are you going to outfit it for your mission you're going to go on? So again, for the most part, it's like we wanted to keep the silhouette there, but we did feel like we needed to add the technology that that type of helicopter has so that it looks believable. Otherwise, it'll look like a, how old would that be now? A 40-year-old helicopter. We didn't want to do a 40-year-old helicopter. We wanted to do a modern helicopter that has some cues from the Dragonfly because the Dragonfly, the cockpit and stuff like that, that's not what uh, Cobra helicopters look like on the, the shape, that boxiness, and then the back thrusters, Cobra helicopters don't look that either in an old school for, from 40 years ago. Um, so Mark did a really good job of redesigning that and kind of exploring where it needed to go. And 
from the whole team once once Mark got it, we were like, "Yep, that's it. It looks beautiful. It's a nice modernization. That's a classified version of the Dragonfly." It felt right. And I think so much of not to to discount all of the other things that make something classified, but to me, classified figures thrive in the details. It is those little tiny things that are that attention to detail that you don't always see on other toy brands that exist in the universe that I think really sets us apart. And that on our on all of our Hazlab projects, we pay particular attention to that. And mm-hmm. so when you get your His tanks in hand, you'll be able to see that. When you get your dragonflies in hand, you'll be able to see that. And I think that that just adds to kind of the in my mind, like the magical amount of realism that we can get in these vehicles and figures is, is just amazing. I'm, it's fine. I'm in my happy place when I'm doing a sculpt and put for, for any toy really to particularly GI Joe's when I can really get in there and, you know, the greeble that Mark Woodrow used to say, that that greeble, that's like where I'm in my happy place. And I think, um, being able to put that into classified figures and then working with Mark and I, Mark, also starting to be like, I really like getting into the details. I'm like, yeah, because you're, you're, I feel like the deep God is in the details, right? That, that expression. So mm-hmm. it's like, you're kind of breathing the life into it a little bit. And it's like, you're putting those buckles and, and, uh, and buttons and creases and patches and stuff like that. And the same could be said for a vehicle. You're putting on the rivets, you're putting, you're putting on the scribe lines that insinuate that there's a panel there that can come off. And then inside of there, there's something it allows your imagination to like run. And first and foremost, as a toy designer, I went to school for toy design. They trained us to be like, all right, you want a kid to pick up the toy and have their imagination go wild. And the toy kind of tells them, instructs, how do I play with this thing? Or instructs your imagination to spark and then go play and have fun and then go create and be merry. So that's why classifieds so exciting for me and a happy place for me. And I think, it's fun to see other designers start to do that too because it's like you start remembering the basics of toy design and it's all in those little details. I mean, hell, I, I've been looking at I, some of these, you know, classified figures that I have in front of me on my desk. Like I've, I've been looking at them now for three years, which is crazy. But like, you know, there are times where I'll pick up somebody and like, what was, who was I looking at the other day? Um, I, for, I forget. I forget who it was. might have been Stalker. I forget. I was looking at somebody though, and I noticed that there was detail sculpted underneath something, and like you couldn't actually yeah. see it, you know, like a normal inspection. But I happened to just move it a certain way, and I was like, "Wait a second. And like I moved like the vest aside, and I was like, "Oh, no, there's there's stuff going on under here." <laughs> well, it's funny too because like if we don't put the vest on and we use that body, every it's toy design, we're using bodies, yeah. and vests, and yep, stuff like yep, that. Like yep. later on, like you got to account for it, so it's like design the whole thing. You know, it gets, it's a lot, a lot to do, but it's fun. (laughs) So it's like, why not? I mean, think about when you were a kid and you got an action figure. I mean, I would sit there with like, it's funny. I have him right here. My um, version four snake eyes. I love my version four snake eyes as a kid. And I remember I was sitting on the stoop one day and just like sitting in the sun and just looking at all the pouches. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I must've been like five or six years old at the time. And I was just like, so cool was just looking at all like the attention to detail and i think i think that's what uh it, like, it sparks something in, in humans you know what i mean like to see the detail what story why is that there what does that do so we want to do that in our toys because i think that's kind of like 
that's that's the starting point and then right and then then you have all your accessories and stuff like that that attach properly and then you have your bullet ribbons that connect in it's just that's it's it's a cool brand it's fun to do because we get to you know play with our imaginations and make them into 3d things that other people can hopefully get inspired by i mean who else is going to ask the question does bazooka wax his mustache like i just you know like how does he get it looking so great and i mean greases it right like he probably uses beard wax on it it's a little bit like inside the helmet and he like just Mm -hmm. you know like gets oh i should have sculpted like like a little uh little like he's uh, a beard. pitcher like yeah, beard, man. beard oil yeah you got to keep that somewhere <laughs> where, where else is he gonna keep that he keeps going to the hat exactly yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully he doesn't <laughs> yeah i mean his helmet. yeah it's right in the strap on his helmet he could pull it right off i dropped the but yeah i mean like one of the the and when i was a kid it was the thing that i always always most fascinated by i think it was my favorite gi joe accessory mm-hmm. um were the little landmines and then the I always called it the the mine finder, but like a little mine sweeper. Like, oh yeah, and mm-hmm. the pack and the mines went in the pack and like the it unhooked. It was just the thing I was most fascinated by. I thought it was the coolest thing. Everybody got a turn with it. We were particularly impressed, you know, getting back to the dragonfly with the the FX pieces. Um, mm. Was there anything you learned? They're huge. <laughs> yeah, they're huge. Um, <laughs> even looking at them in just clear plastic, I they're very yeah. Um, was there anything you learned from the development of the effects that the effect pieces that came with the Hiss tank that informed kind of the design decisions on, on these effects pieces? Um, I'm trying to recount my conversations with Mark. Uh, one thing that Mark was talking about on them was we, I usually call them blast effects. Um, but he wanted to call them like, like rocket effects or like, um, he was, he was pointing a, Chips and salsa, yeah, right. But um, he was talking about how he wanted it to be more like a trail, like a rocket trail. And uh, we, you guys kind of see that on um, Scrap Iron's Blast Effects. So it's almost like a rocket trail, less less of a um, projection as more of an – it's more of exhaust, mm-hmm. right? And uh, on this one, I think the learning was to put connection pieces in more spots than one, right? So no, typically – There'll be um, a five, a six millimeter, I'm sorry, six millimeter peg on one end or a 1.5 millimeter peg on one end. And then it gets plugged into the gun or it gets plugged into the back of the rocket or whatever. Uh, Mark had this really cool idea to use the dog bones because the dog bones are strong. That's why we use them. It can hold heavier weight. Um, if you notice on Sky Striker, the rockets are bigger. It's also old school. So yeah. There's a nice nod to that. Um, but using a sort of dog bone pin on these don't quote me on it. Sometimes in production, we're going to have to change some stuff. Um, but currently, it's a dog bone pin that it's in the sides of the um, exhaust effect or rocket effect. And that way, you can kind of put it. The idea was to counter lever the timing of the shot. And that's when I was talking in the video. I'm like, look at it. It looks like a sculpture. It really does because you can like kind of set up the blast effect however you want or the rocket effect however you want. Um, and I actually thought that was really cool and and, and very clever of Mark to do to kind of add that connection point uh, mid mid spot of the blast effect. Cause it's like, yeah, this rocket shot off first and the other rockets coming next. And it, it adds movement to it. Right. And, and uh, that's the fine art and design. We're like looking at how do you kind of like make a silhouette speak. Right. And I think he, he nailed it. 
So um, I'm going to try to put that into some other mainline vehicles when we eventually get there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, w- once those things are casted in like that translucent plastic too, like lighting on them is going to be fun. You know, they'll they'll mm-hmm. really kind of jump and. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we originally talked about trying to get uh, them to light up somehow, but it was just costs were creeping. So when you light a toy, you got to remember the 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 wires need to go all the way through the toy. So the wires are going in particular spots. So from a production standpoint, the people on the production line, it makes their life easier, less difficult. It's more efficient. They can get more out. There's also the the amount of time you can get them out. So we had, it costs creeps when you start putting lights all over the place on the toy. Um, So we had to not do that. It was going to, that was a thought though. Like those were going to have lighting effects on the flame effect. And then, you know, the back would be painted uh you know with the smoke trail and stuff like that it it was gonna look cool but it was one of those things that ultimately like those little things that we've got to take out in production that doesn't harm the overall toy but it's like man that would have been rad <laughs> you know so um going on a tangent i think about lighting but no no i mean but that, that's one of those <laughs> no, things where like i yeah you know it, it comes up and you know not to not to mention you know uh other has labs but you know like everyone was kind of wondering why prices were a certain way on, on like the, 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 the Marvel legends, the ghost rider, uh, you know, vehicle with all those lights and like the fact that, you know, they have to run throughout the entire vehicle in order Mm -hmm. to achieve that effect. And it's, and, and again, this is one of those things where we love, you know, when we have the creative folks from the team on, on the show, because it's, it's one of those things where like, you guys have a certain amount of time with kind of like the general yeah. public when you're talking oh, about yeah. these things. And like, there are things that you have mm-hmm. to cover and like the minutia of, you know, uh, <laughs> the assembly line and how wiring works is not one yeah. of those things that's often covered. So, I mean, I, I, yeah. ju- I think it's, it's, it's a cool distinction, you know, that you're, you're calling out. Yeah. So and since we're on the, it's, it's one, they're not, not everything's apples to apples in toys even figure to figure um things are just made differently like a tank is completely different from a helicopter whether the masses are similar or not it's just like everything is made not everything everything but you have to handle everything differently right there's a method right there's there's a know-how there's an experience but not everything can be compared apples to apples there are some things and beyond that beyond what the thing is it's who is doing the thing and now a word from our sponsors this segment is brought to you by our friends at chubsy wubsy toys a traditional mom and pop toy store in little falls new jersey Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com and tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Rewind and press play on your VHS collection with CGC. 
CGC is excited to announce our newest collectible vertical, CGC Home Video. As a division dedicated to authenticating and grading your VHS collection, our experts are ready to help you encapsulate your favorite video cassettes. Don't settle for static on the screen. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Face it, shaker bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a pain to clean. You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go. What are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today to get the best deal ever. And now, back to the show. So, Emily, Lenny, mm-hmm. what is your favorite feature of the Dragonfly? Oh, snap. Oh, it, mine is without a doubt chips and salsa. <laughs> like, what a, what a beautiful and ridiculous addition you know, to that this was, majestic a, helicopter. There's a little bit of an adorable story to that. Mark was coming up, uh, the designer, was coming up with what he wanted to call them. And he sends me this list and it was like chips and salsa. Um, Hall and Oats. Hall and, o- Hall and Oats. Oats is my favorite, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it was all like these like awesome, like duos. And I actually wanted Hall and Oats, but then I was like, ah, corporate. Legal would have never. Yeah. yeah clear. Um, and then I had picked something else. I can't remember what it was. And then he goes, Lenny, it's gotta be like, Southwestern, yeah, because of Wild Bill, yeah. Wild Bill, and I'm like, oh yeah, what do I think? <laughs> and I was like, yes, chips and salsa is perfect. Let's do it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, yeah, adorable story with that. Um, for me, favorite feature is um, I think the gels on the dash. I'm just gonna it looks pick so one. nice. They look so cool. Um, and we're working on the. Uh, lighting on the hiss tank currently. So uh, it's really cool to see what Mark learned on that. And he's applying it to the um, dragonfly. Um, 
the model we showed you has a crazy hot spot on it. So, and what we're doing on the Hiss tank right now is like working it out so the hot spot isn't so heavy, so the light's more uniformed. And um, it's kind of cool to see how we had a couple of options we were looking at to see how to get that light to diffuse better, so it looks less like a like a light bright um, and kind of like it. Like, have there's anything wrong with the light bright? But just not the vibe we were going for. Yeah, we're going for a more digital screen. So um, it'd be fun to see that on this process, too. And actually, with LEDs, what's crazy is the color of the light matters, too. So it's like you have to diffuse the light a little differently for a green light than for a red light than yep. for a blue light than for a white light. It's bananas. And some of the lights don't diffuse. Um, so yeah, I'm blue very is tough. To if you're, blue yeah. Is, yeah, if you ever have to use a blue one, that one's na it's nasty. <laughs> and they are pricey. Um, so I'm excited to see how we net out with that one because I'm really liking the way the Hiss tank's coming out. Um, the, the solve for the Hiss tank was really cool. So I'm hoping that solve can work for this one. And if it doesn't, I'm excited to see how we do solve it. And then we'll learn something for the next one. Correct. Yep. <laughs> so you, you guys took a, a unique approach to the marketing leading up to this project's announcement. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fun to watch those little, those little teasers, those little briefs. Um, what uh what inspired you guys to tell the story that way? So all credit on the the teaser the marketing teasers go to um our our kind of branding human Jonathan and our writer Mark, who is different than our product designer Mark. Um so the way that we kind of structure our house up marketing campaigns is I'll go in and do kind of a bare bones, like, okay, these are the the key beats that I would like to hit for this. I think I had said something like, let's do two teasers, that sounds sufficient. And so Jonathan and Mark come back and they're like, we have this plan and we're going to tell this story and it's going to be beautiful. And I'm just like, go for it, guys. This sounds amazing. And so they came up with the story and all the visuals for it. And I helped to route it through legal and get it up. But it was it was so much fun. And I think that one of the one of the perks of kind of being on a smaller, scrappier team is that we really are at all times, basically like an all hands on deck team of mm -hmm. like. Anything that we can help with to make happen, let's do it. And so I really appreciated them saying, you know, we have an idea for this and we want to see how this is going to pan out. And I think that, it, it, I don't think that I saw a single person who was like, why are you telling us this story? This is stupid. Yeah, and no, so great. it's, I'm really excited <laughs> to see kind of what the implication is of this on future HasLabs and how it may play out in different ways across different campaigns in the future. But absolutely all credit to Jonathan and Mark. I, they did such a wonderful job on this. Yeah, it was, it was refreshing. And I mean, honestly, it's like, it just, it gelled really well with the, the brand too. Cause like it felt kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, and you guys have, have kind of, I don't want to say I left breadcrumbs or like planted the seed, but in, in a certain way, in a certain sense you have, you know, using the, the videos in, in prior launch material with, you know, with the Cobra commander voice and, you know, uh, you know, kind of like it, even with the hiss, like the emails are written as Destro writing the emails. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's, it's just, it's, it's as ridiculous as the show. And I mean, that, that just speaks to the fandom. <laughs> but I was also going to say like, it's, it's what, the line's known for is that storytelling aspect. And, you know, if it was just like, here's a helicopter, like <laughs> you would be like a little disappointed story. Yeah. yeah we, like we love it. It would, it, that the story part is kind of almost just as fun as what it's presenting. 
it's it's uh we we love it we really do and i think even the teammates who don't know the lore as much come on and love it too i think because we try to be as creative as possible and then i think it inspires people to um inspires people to get go all in when they're doing their project right doing their part of the project and like emily said our brand writer and our um brand creative uh jonathan and mark when they were working on it like you can see it like like they got excited and it was just like oh awesome and then what they came back with got us excited about the thing we made you know what i mean it was like this like we're excited to make the thing they're excited to kind of like add this contextual story to it and it just got more and more and then you want to go back to the drawing board like, oh i could push this you make it even better so i, I think, think that's, that's my favorite, yeah that's my favorite thing about our team right it's like we all kind of like we, we all get high on being creative it's really cool. And then like we kind of push it and then what else can we do? Right. So, um, and I think yeah. it's Mark <laughs> loves any opportunity like this. He is a, a nerd's nerd for GI Joe. And I'd get messages from him after his kids are asleep at night. And he's like, all right, I just watched three hours of GI Joe cartoons to get Hawks voice down so that I really feel like I can embody this for, you know, writing the copy for this, but that that is something that brings him so much joy and yeah. I feel like that is, that's really only something you get when you have like a, a true fan working on something like this. Like it, it brings him joy to be able to bring this to life and kind of make this, this kind of contribution to GI Joe lore. And while not necessarily everybody has to be, uh, has to come into the brand as a fan, I do think that everybody on the GI Joe team has done a really wonderful job of kind of embracing this brand and figuring out how they can contribute to kind of continue the the ridiculousness ridiculousness as Lenny was talking about earlier that makes GI Joe so unique and special. It's it's great because like it's addition to this long-standing historic lore that exists just through the cartoons and through past lines and everything like that but you're also creating your own and it's like this kind of new branch to it um it really is kind of what sets for me the line apart from a lot of other stuff because it's just like it's not just here's a thing it's here's why this matters and here's what it brings to the table. And I think that's, that's really cool. And it's not to, you know, here's a thing works for a lot of stuff, but it kind of is the addition. It, it, like I was saying before, it's, it's part of what makes finding out about any new classified stuff more fun. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good Dave. I, I never really thought about it that way, but if you think of even like, like you, you name like some of the top toy brands. So whether it's, you know, stuff that's going on with DC, stuff that's going on with Marvel, stuff that's going on with wrestling. It's literally yeah, it's like, like, here's a wrestler. Yeah, the story is happening in some other form of You're media. Right. And it's just like, here's the mm-hmm. thing that you saw on TV two weeks ago, or here's the thing you saw on, you know, in, in, in the, on the screen or on a comic book. But you guys are literally telling a new story through these toys like it's it really it it really is a a a unique factor of what you're doing that is awesome to hear because it's kind of part of our like mission so it's kind of cool to hear that like we're we're executing on it right and it's like 
it's it's working. It <laughs> and awesome. I think that we've yeah. a lot of the time we we count ourselves so lucky that we have the creative freedom of not doing entertainment accurate figures, which is something that not every toy brand gets to have as a luxury. And so Lenny really has so much more wiggle room when it comes to making creative design decisions than he would or than anybody else on the team would if we were doing verbatim, like verbatim references from something that was very specific from entertainment. But because we really kind of look at the majority of classified with the exception of the G.I. Joe movie figures as kind of a, a hodgepodge of retro and modern that is kind of fused together to create these new interpretations, I think it leaves us with a lot of wiggle room for interpretation and kind of what how we want to bring that to life and ultimately what that looks like. Yeah. And it, it really does lead like it's, you know, the whole cheesy form meets function kind of thing. Um, it does unclassified form meets function, but then the, I think there's another tier and it's like to tell the story. Like I'm actually looking at a figure right now. We haven't showed you guys yet, but I'm like, Oh yeah, I did all that. So that would connect there and that would go there. And then he would be able to hold that. And um, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's, Yes, we do it so that the toy can be all encompassed, right? Like we do, we try our hardest to make all the all the weapons holster. Sometimes you can't, but that is one of the goals. But again, that's form its function, and then it tells a story of who the character is and what they do and what their job is. Because GI Joe is all about the character's job; they're all archetypal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you got your demolition guy, you got your pilot guy, mm-hmm. but then you throw that extra twist on it, pilot cowboy guy, right? And then it creates an extra special thing about him. Um, so. So one of the other big parts of the the marketing of this, of course, is the tier structure and you know and the the unlockable aspect of it. And as of the at the time of this recording, we're we we know that Night Force Ripcord um, will be joining Big Ben on that sub team, right? Uh, at the 13k unlock, which I I have not checked the the tally in like the the last like 15 minutes, but I know we're 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 very getting close. Um, tell us a little bit about how, uh, you know, how are those tiers structured? Like, how do you determine, like, we're getting a tier at 13, we're getting a tier at 17, we're getting a tier or 16 and we're getting a tier at 19. Like, how do you, how do you determine where to place those tiers and, and kind of generally speaking, what, what you want to include at them? I think for us, we, we keep refining our HasLab approach with every HasLab. So we took all the learnings that we had from Sky Striker and we applied them to the Hiss. We took all the learnings that we had from the Hiss and really applied them to the Dragonfly. And it has been made abundantly clear by fans that what they want on G.I. Joe HasLabs are figures as unlocked tiers. We heard you. We listened. You're getting figures as your unlocked tiers. And so because of that, you know, when we're doing... So when we're doing accessory pieces for tiers instead of figures, it is less plastic weight and ultimately usually less cost because we are, as some would say, unnecessarily doing full packaging for all of our figures. That's an additional cost. We have to pay for artwork. We have to pay for the packaging. It takes up more room in the overall box. But that to us, that is, that's part of the overall experience, and that's really important to us. We've set a precedent, and we want to make sure that we're still matching that so that you know kind of what you can continue to expect. Because of the kind of additional costs of what does it mean to be putting in all of these extra figures with Haslabs as opposed to potentially like smaller accessories, 
we have started to space our unlocks out a little bit more so that it takes a little bit more to get to each of them. We have every full confidence that we will reach all three of our unlocks for this, which are 13, 16, 19 this time around. But that it is, you know, we want to make sure that we're delivering on what fans are hoping for and excited about. And it's a great opportunity to bring figures into the line that perhaps we wouldn't have, there wouldn't have gotten to for a while or kind of add to the story or, or in a way that maybe they're not necessarily integral to the mainline story right now, but this is, it's a fun way to get to add them in. Very cool. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, just real quick before we, we dive into our, our Q and a section, um, let's go back to last year's HasLab. Uh, you, you mentioned that you guys were still making some, some, you know, fine tuning work on the, on the hiss, but is there a general update? You know, what, or can we expect to see something, uh, you know, an update on the hiss soon, an official update? Yeah. Um, yeah. So official update on the hiss will be coming soon. We will actually, the first time people will be able to see the final hiss in person will be at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, so we will have one of, we will have one of our final models, um, actually our, our final, like it's actually what is shipping to people, which is really exciting in our Comic-Con display case this year. Um, so we are really, really excited to get to show that off and we hope that everybody is as thrilled with it as we are. You should have seen our faces the first time we unboxed one. There's, so there's video that we took of, so I was taping, Lenny was doing the unboxing for us. We'll you're see like, you're today. unboxing this today. I'm like, yeah. Okay, on camera. <laughs> and, and we were. Can I sit crisscross applesauce? <laughs> it was so. It wasn't like a kind of one of the usual videos that we had done. It was in one of our basically engineering review meetings, and so we're in this big conference room. I have a camera focused on Lenny. You can hear me talking at him from behind the camera, but you can't see me. But you can also hear all the other people that are talking in the room because this is a live review session of everybody kind of critiquing final things about the his tank. And it was, it was so much fun. There was such happiness in the room. And actually my mom was here visiting and I got to bring her in and she got to actually sit in the meeting room with us while we were going through this. And for her, you know, Lenny and I are both quite close to our moms and we spend a lot of time talking with them and they watch all of the fan streams that we do. And it's very, very cute. And so for her to get to sit there and kind of watch what we were doing and experience it firsthand was, was really, really fun. And I'm glad that I got to share that with her, but it was pretty special. Yeah, it was awesome. And it's funny, uh, when I review toys, I use a lot of superlatives, but it was on camera, so I couldn't. <laughs> Superlative suppressed. It, like we had to... <laughs> Because we were sharing, basically, it was like, Lenny, you're going to share, because it was the final sample. We go through a lot of samples. When we, we do. Make it to because, especially on Haslabs. Yeah, and especially on Joe. Like, I, yeah. we want them to be just right. As right as we can get them. Uh, Primo Joe. Like, oh. I'm like, I'm like ooh, I'm, you're going to have me look at this thing and on camera? <laughs> like, Are you, you sure? You <laughs> Like, I'm like... <laughs> You know I'm from Jersey, right? That's yeah, I'm like, I'm from New Jersey. Like I, so, uh, but it ended up being fine because it was one of the later samples, and I think they had we had planned it for that. Like it's like, all right, this is a later sample, it should be in a really good spot. If it had anything on it, 
um, it would be things that were like we were would adjust on the production line. So it was wonderful. And I can't wait to show that video because, man, it like Emily's right. The joy in the room, yeah. because the amount of time that goes into a typical figure is more than a year. And the amount of time that goes into a HasLab is more than that by a few months. Um, so it's like a lot of time is spent on this stuff between us uh, at Hasbro in New England and then our Hasbro partners over in China, right? So it's like a lot of people are working on this thing and then our partners at the vendors. So it's, it's a lot that goes into one of these things. So to like when we get a product to like close to launch, it's super exciting. And then especially on something like this, it's so complicated. Again, Haslabs are a wave in a box, right? So it's like you get your fit, you get your giant vehicle that is very complicated, and then you get your figures. And our figures are not simple figures on classified. So it's like you're getting a wave of four figures, essentially, and a very complicated vehicle. So it's like a lot goes into that one particular thing. And on top of that, you're working on your waves through the year. <laughs> so um, to see it at that level get there and then we're actually we're here we're gonna ship it soon it's super exciting and the, emily's right there's a lot of joy in the room and it was actually really awesome to meet your mom for the first time and have her see when we go through this stuff and we really do enjoy making the stuff man so it's uh, and i very- think that with with has labs there's also that extra element of emotional investment because yeah. so traditionally when you make something you know you, you we go through all of our kind of gate review processes to get everything checked off and then it goes to tool start and then you start getting physical samples in. But with Haslabs, the whole process is kind of backwards because we don't start tooling until the project has been funded. But in order to get the project funded, we need a physical model to show people what they're getting. And so we, we make this kind of one-off resin model and so that we can actually show you what it will look like in order to get you to buy into this thing. So by the time the resin model shows up, we have been talking about this for nine months, 12 months. We have been sitting in multiple meetings a week about this. We have mm-hmm. been putting Actually, our blood, sweat, and tears into it. And we are, we're emotionally invested and so excited hit, to see it come to life. The His Tank in particular, I had designed a His Tank a year before. We had done one. We had done a full design, had full renders done. We did all sorts of like digital, I guess, 3D sketches, you would, if you would. So the His Tank was even more crazy because yeah. like we had done it and then we um had gone another direction so it was like it was like a long period of time so that his tank means a lot to us as a brand it was just like as cl- for the classified brand not for the entire gi joe brand but classified the his tank is a lot for us and it's a milestone and it means so much so to see it get funded the way it did oh my god none of us were so oh, yeah. we, I mean, and <laughs> Lenny can, uh, I will speak for both of us in this. When the Sky Striker campaign was going, we spent 44 and 44 days and 16 hours in a mild panic that this project yes. was not going to fund. Very and <laughs> so we were, we were emotionally, like we had kind of steeled ourselves. We were resolved to be like, okay, if this happens again, it's okay. We will get funded. And so to have kind of emotionally prepared ourselves for a month and a half of like, kind of like, oh, what's happening? And then mm-hmm. to have the Hiss fund in less than nine hours, and then to have the Dragonfly fund in less than 27 hours, it is 
so wildly humbling and we are so appreciative of the community and that everybody is excited about what we're doing because we get excited about this stuff, but we just hope that other people get excited about it too. So we just feel very, very honored. And yes. thank you for not made, making us wait for 44 days and 16 hours to fund. Yeah. Cause again, like I, like I mentioned, like we, a lot of time goes into this before anybody sees it. So even to sculpt the vehicle, this, the vehicle has to be done from an aesthetic standpoint, or I, I would say this, it has to be 95% done so that what we show you is very close to what you'll be purchasing. Because Is we don't there something better? This or something better because we don't want to let anybody down or offset expectations. Yeah. So we got to be done with the thing. And that's before we even are done with the thing. So it's like usually in toy design – like we're we're in sketch and sculpt digital sculpt phase and then we go back and forth with our partners over in the far east to engineer it properly for QA and QC issues and then we work through it nobody in the public sees it um it's all internal we get to work through all of the all of the uh, the kinks and all, all of the problems and then we reveal it when it is like done this is being showed to everybody before it will ever be done. And it aesthetically has to be done before we even start it. <laughs> so that's kind of crazy. Um, so that's why these has labs on all brands and all teams. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot from a work and from an emotional standpoint, we're very invested in them. So we're like watching with bated breath. Right. And like, even if it does seem like, like the perception is, oh, it's a short bet. We still don't think it's going to be a short bet, right? So that's why Emily was mentioning the tiers earlier. We got to make sure those tiers make sense, right? And if they're, they're special things, um, because if the tier is something that needs to be in the main line, and then we don't get to that tier, we can't make that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's a lot that goes into it from the tiers to the amount of time we put into it to what has to be shown to everybody. Um, Haslabs are they're, they're high stakes, high stakes toy. You know, high stakes. So, high stakes. We don't need any tier tiers. No. Nope. Yes. That's nice. <laughs> Trying to avoid that the tiers good. with the tiers. I like that. So, uh, Emily, before you mentioned the community at, at large and everything, uh, and and our next section here is our, our uh, Q&A section. So, uh, as we usually like to say, for those that are listening to us for the first time, welcome. We hope you are enjoying this episode of Adventures in Collecting, and uh, we hope you listen to some more. Uh, Dave, what should they do? Make sure to smash that subscribe button and hit those likes and um, follow us on the Instagram because that's where in the story the Q&A is listed and you can ask your questions. Or is it just a post? I think there was a post this time and it was a story one other it's time. Both. So it's both. It's but it's going to be either or, or both. So as Dave is alluding to, yes, at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram. Every time we have a guest on, we do not take it for granted. We understand that uh, that our guests have, have very, uh, you know, short blocks of time with the community. So we want to give people the opportunity to ask their questions. So we have three for you today. Today, Dave, would you like to go ahead with the first one? I would love to. At Action Figure Picked asks, since we've now seen vehicles of various sizes in the line, 
Has there been any talk of small play sets like a Cobra Bunker or Checkpoint Alpha? Yeah, I think we can say that there have been. I mean, we're we're constantly trying to figure out, you know, we've been talking so much about what makes sense from a story perspective to have in this line, right? And so from a story perspective, when is the right time to start to see if we want to start expanding into play sets into some of those more accessory building kind of things that really will allow you to continue kind of fleshing out that story of the G.I. Joe classified universe. And so I feel like that's an answer that we can give. Yeah, right, Lenny? It's, the beauty, it's the beauty of the line, right? Like um, Joe's. Oh, I'm having a cave in behind me. It sounds like. Uh, <laughs> um Joes are characters that do things and they need gear to do things. So, and they're not really necessarily relying on superpowers. So they need, um, bivouacs and they need stations and camps to set up. So I also think from a collector standpoint, it would enrich the shelf, like having like little <laughs> enrich sets. the shelf. Yeah, enrich you like that? I should use shelf. that and Put that. Need it. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna use that a pitch with management. Like, yeah. I want to enrich the shelf. That's a shirt. Yeah, enrich the shelf. But yeah, it, it'll set the scene, right? Like, I uh, I want to try to start getting into like adding food with figures. Like a little cheeseburger would be incredible. Uh, I right? love that. I would once again, as I as I often do, would like to pitch my my holiday exclusive chef roadblock <laughs> idea. <laughs> Would make It'd a great incredible. exclusive somewhere. He just comes with a bunch of food. He's got the apron. Mm-hmm. Be amazing. It would be. We we mess, joke mess hall roadblock. It'd be incredible. There's other things I feel like you can do with that to add another level of ridiculousness to it. It's not just food. Yep. I feel like you can. Sorry, I'm not. Gonna... Yes. All right. So our, <laughs> our our next question. Let's. I, th- I think we can call that one answered. Uh, next question comes from at grown up kiddo. Great, great username. Um, is there yeah. any update or news that you can share on the comics and or animated content? No, we can't. Stay tuned for more news when we can share it. There we go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Unfortunately, not our, so the, basically the business is split out. So Lenny and I work specifically on the toy team. We have another team that kind of handles the, the licensed content of the, the brand. So somebody specifically for publishing. Then we have our franchise team that kind of handles all of our additional content. And so unfortunately, they will be the ones that will be sharing that news when they have it. And now you know. And no one's and at the battle. battle. Yeah. There we go. All right. Strong Dave. work team. Dave, let's do the, uh, the last one. Okay, Um, this one is something a bunch of people asked. So what does the news that broke earlier this year about Hasbro and Mattel partnering for some cross-licensing products mean for Classified? Great question. Nothing yet. Um, So (laughs) when we, I'm sorry, this is like the worst Q&A. Are you sure you're not from Jersey? Because that was blunt. I loved it. (laughs) We're going to start calling you Emily. You're the real Emily Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, nothing to announce yet. But I mean, we'll we'll let you know if we have something. 
Are there other questions maybe that we can, I feel like we Do you want to make up another question that we might be able to answer or one that I can very bluntly look at you and go, no comment. People See, like that on the internet. All right. So we, we, we usually, I mean, I always ask about fridge, yeah. but that's, <laughs> yeah, Dave wants to know when the fridge is coming. That's, that's your other question. I do too. <laughs> Dave, you know, we can't talk about upcoming figures that we haven't announced yet. And, and which there, is just a fancy way of saying no comment. And there, and therein <laughs> lies why I have no other questions for Mark. Yeah. That, was, that was an example of why we only have three. Um, it's funny. Fair. Okay. Wait, I, actually I, there was one. Yeah. I don't remember who I, I actually think it was the same guy that asked guy the same account that asked the first question so at action figure picked and if it wasn't you you're getting credit for it anyway um so you mentioned and and you guys had kind of alluded to this actually earlier uh in the in the Mm -hmm. conversation that there were other vehicles that were up for contention right when when uh when you were when you were before you decided on the dragonfly how far along do you get in kind of like that vetting process where like, you're like, actually, no, we're not going to go with this one. We're going to go with something else. Like how, like, how does that, how, uh, how far does something get along? Concept board. I'd yeah. say like it's we try to keep pretty it. early. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to think about time and effort put in. Uh, you want to make sure that the concept board is uh, very understandable and really conveys the idea. Cause the people who you were showing it to, are not necessarily marketers and toy designs all the t- toy designers all the time. So to get proper feedback from them, you need to make sure it is it kind of gets across what you're making. It's it, the value is there. Um, so yeah, concept boards, um, and then you know we go from there. So yep. Emily, hey, that was more than a no comment for an answer. There you go. Yeah, there we go. It's tough, you know. It, it's one of those things where everybody wants to know when they're getting their favorite character. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I come, I'm coming from a place of feeling very spoiled because this year I'm getting my two favorite Joes of all time in Snowjob and, and Shipwreck. I can't mm-hmm. wait to have them. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I get, I get it. I get why everyone wants to know when they're, when they're getting their favorite Joes because I'm getting well, mine. I mean, it really is all about the, it's all, it's all about, it's, it's all about the figures, man. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I'm always thinking about who, who can I make next? And I get it's funny, like this might be too much inside baseball, but like I'll I make a plan. I have this plan in my head that I want to do, and I get so frustrated when I have to kill some of the plan. It drives me crazy because I'm a fan too, and I want to make them. It's like selfishly, I'm like I want to make this character, um, but then when I can't, it drives me crazy. So I can totally see why a lot of the questions are, "Who are you making?" Because in the beginning of the onset of the, I guess I'll say fiscal year of the brand that each year. It's like, that's what we're doing. You know, we're checking with our teammates. We're checking, like, I'm looking to see what to fulfill the line or enrich the shelf. Um, and then uh, then I vet it with my peers. Like, hey, guys, does this list look cool to you? Um, so then we have this cool list that's incredible. And sometimes we can't go follow through with everybody. But long story short, it's all about the characters. right. It's because like, then, like, what can you do with that character? How crazy is it going to look? Is it going to come out, like, more than you expected? Right. So it's um, I can see why that question comes up all the time, because it really is. If you're an action figure person, it's all your character. Yeah, it's the thing you want to know. We get it. We yeah. just yeah. rather than peppering you with, uh, you know, when when's this guy coming? When's this gal coming? I'm just 
Well, well, that that answer is enough of it. And and you know what? You with that you've survived the Q and A section. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Um, which before we say good night, uh, good evening and good night. We do have a tradition on this podcast where we have a final question. Now, both of you have had the opportunity to answer uh, this podcast's traditional final question. So, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this show's James Lipton and ask <laughs> our alternate final question? Why, yes, I would. Since you have both appeared on the show previously and have had the opportunity to answer the standard final question, we've prepared a special one for you both to answer. If you could have one Joe or Cobra over for dinner, who would it be and what would be for dinner? <laughs> I, I actually have an answer for this. Do you want me to go first, Lenny, so you can think about it? Yeah. This okay. this is not shocking that you already have an answer planned for I know. This. <laughs> and that part of it is motivated by fashion. I know. Shocker. Uh so I would and uh, Lenny's trying to figure out who I'm talking about based on that answer. So my dinner guest would be Pythona, because now we share a hair color scheme, and I feel like that would be fun to talk about. I also really respect her. Is it are they claws? Are they artificial nails that are poison-tipped? She's got strong fashion game. She's got that high pony. She's rocking that jumpsuit. She has that cape on. I feel like we could get along. In as an homage to her poison-tipped fake nails or claws, we would be serving sushi, specifically fugu, for the opportunity for her to be poisoned like she poisons other people. Thank you. Thank you. I will see myself out. <laughs> that was incredible. Damn. Um, I think she's biologically enhanced, actually. So they're and not they're, artificial nails that she pumps poison into are, every morning? They are, not, they are bio, biotech. Right? Okay. So she, but are they biotech acrylics or like biotech claws? Like, like keratin that like okay. grow. All right. Comes, or maybe, I don't know. It's kind of, they, they grow. <laughs> Ask a but do they grow pre-poisoned or does she like dip them in poison in the morning to say like, hello, as like part of her morning makeup routine? I envision it actually as like they come out and then like somehow some way, like almost like a nerve kicks and like, like a snake's poison. It then oh, runs down okay. and then goes to the tip, kind of like a snake fang. I think that's what they were getting at. It's almost right, like, like you've been thinking about designing this figure. No comment. Um, <laughs> to come with artificially, like, to come with poison in her fingers? Yes. Okay, please. And sushi Chile would just have a field day. And now would, sushi. And now she comes yep. with sushi. Yeah. Too. She would be rad. Part of the um, Who do I want? I'm actually looking at a cool poster I have, and it's got everybody on it. Um, I'd say Scarlet, but my wife would get mad. Um, <laughs> that's on a podcast now? I'm an idiot. Um... <laughs> I think Metalhead. I think I'd want to party with Metalhead because he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we would, uh, I think Metalhead and I would go to a thrash show. Okay. Right. We'd go to a thrash show. We'd both be too old to be there. We'd go in the pit. Then we'd, our backs would hurt after it. And we would go get Wawa at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that way you can get sandwiches, do. ibuprofen, got everything. Ibuprofen, sandwiches, you know, pretzels, that. But he's soft a, pretzels, mozzarella yeah. sticks. But he's a fantasy cartoon character, so he'd be fine. <laughs> 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 but 
but I think Metalhead would be fun because he's just he's just a knucklehead. I think it'd be fun to hang out with that knucklehead. You know. There we go. Two great answers. Two yeah. and very yeah. on brand for both of you. Yeah. Didn't think Thank we you. were going to go to um, Cobra Law and Deke. I, <laughs> and yet here we are. Yeah. I, as soon as you said Python, I was like, "Where the hell is she going with this?" <laughs> that is. Like, I kind of pulled it out, right? I like that you want sushi because she shows up in the clam. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, you lunatic. Perfect. I'm like, I know all the connections are there. Perfect. That's a perfect <laughs> answer. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for for taking the time to to chat with us tonight. Uh, you know, and 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 again, you know, a huge congratulations on on the campaign. And I know it's it's only a couple days old, but uh, you know, still still some ways to go for the the rest of the unlocks. But at least everyone will everyone will be getting their chopper. Um, remind our listeners where can they follow the latest on GI Joe on the interwebs and where can they find you both on, uh, on, on the internet as well. Um, so for the latest HasLab updates, make sure that you're following the Hasbro Pulse social accounts, um, and following along where any of our fan streams on the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel, um, on Instagram, I am more phenomenally Emily. That's right. Figure out how to spell more phenomenally. And uh, the the general note is that no new information will ever come from our personal accounts, but that we kind of post behind the scenes stuff and, you know, encouragement for whatever's happening, keeping people in the loop. Yeah. And for design stuff, you can check out Weather Dominator. Um, like Emily said, all G.I. Joe stuff will be on those accounts. Yep. Perfect. And we'll, and we'll put links to all of those in the show notes. So that way you don't have to try to spell mm-hmm. more phenomenally, more phenomenally, Emily. More phenomenal. I'm a if you just search for my whole name, it shows up too. But you know, that's too easy. <laughs> yes, yes, LL. But we'll we'll make sure we put links to that in the description. And uh, and guys, thank you again so much. And uh, I I I, I think uh, the most appropriate way to send us off tonight would be a, a yo Joe, right? If we all do a yo Joe together, hopefully, it won't be too I, I would think so. Right? Yeah, I feel like Wait, that's appropriate. What, what, what is the Mood temperament oh. that we are gonna. I think my yojo has to be low. Yeah, because of sleeping people. Oh, is it sleepy yojo? Yeah, it's bed, sleepy yojo. Bedtime, okay. bedtime yojo. All right, on oh. on three. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Yojo. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Learn more about him in the show notes. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dames. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Adventures in Collecting and on Twitter at AIC underscore podcast. Stop by and say hi. Show us your hauls and photos. Tell us your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the non-productive network is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 